0: Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed medical management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Welcome to
1: WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Delighted to have you with us today. Our Co-host Dr. Marisa Charles is on special assignment, so it will be just me, which will work out just fine. We have a chance to talk with Dr. Steve Ramirez. He's a medical director in Austin. Dr. Ramirez earned his medical degree and completed his family medicine residency at Texas A&M University Health Science Center and College Station. He's currently pursuing an executive master's degree in health administration at Texas A&M. School of Public Health, and I'm sure he's uh, pleased with Texas A&M's victory the other night. They uh, they looked pretty good in the Orange Bowl.
2: They did. Giggum
1: should have been That's in the final four, right?
2: The academic tree does look a little a uh, little linear.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, it's great to have you with us, and uh, you also uh, uh, spent time in the United States Air Force Reserves and the Texas Air National Guard. Board certified in family medicine. And one of the things I wanted to start with is what everybody, no matter their age, but especially those of us who are over 65, are concerned about is getting that COVID-19 vaccine. And can you give an update on where that stands?
2: Well, I know that uh, most people are probably aware that COVID-19 vaccine has been approved. There's been two uh, vaccines here in the United States that have been approved for distribution Uh, One being produced by uh, Pfizer and the second most recent one that's been approved now by Moderna.
1: Um, Any other specifics on that? Well, in terms of availability, uh, when will most folks be able to get that vaccine, especially those who are in the uh, uh, older population, which are at higher risk? Well,
2: I think if I had that answer, I think I might have a magic globe. Uh, Ah. I don't think we have a really set date. I know that there is a strategy behind who gets it first. Obviously, we're attempting to vaccinate first responders uh, and individuals who are right on the front line of of, uh, managing and dealing with this disease. You have to imagine that you've got healthcare providers, uh, EMS workers, and uh, primary care physicians who are dealing with patients daily, numerous numbers of individuals who have disease burden, And so uh, they've been chosen as part of the, the, the strategic rollout as what's considered 1A. Uh, for those individuals who are 65 and older and typically in good health, uh, good health would likely mean that you don't have other what are called disease comorbidities or diseases such as diabetes or suffer from congestive heart failure. Uh, those would put you in a higher increased risk. Uh, but if you're 65 and, and relatively healthy, um, you would be considered later in the vaccination strategy that the, the government and the states have rolled out. So, uh, you know, the dates, I'll be candid, I think there's been some um, difficulty in being able to, you know, to provide fixed dates, not only because of the availability of the vaccine, but also with the difficulty of actually, you know, implementing the strategy for actually vaccinating millions of, of individuals. Uh, around this state. And so it, it doesn't come without uh, uh, burdens or, or issues to overcome, but I think we've done a pretty good job of, of getting uh, at least the 1A, those individuals in the first uh, cohort that were meant to be vaccinated, such as ICU physicians, ICU nurses, um,
1: individuals that work, uh, clean the rooms and work on the front lines. As well as uh, those like at WellMed working in clinics.
2: Absolutely. Um, I know that Dallas-Fort Worth uh, just recently uh, started vaccinating with their COVID vaccine that they received, and that's, that's welcome news. Uh, that means that that is a, another layer of care, of care that can be delivered uh, by clinicians who will feel safe that they've been, and not just clinicians, but medical staff and everybody else that are on the front line in primary care delivering health care services.
1: As you take a look at uh, COVID-19, a, a virus that swept across this country Uh, almost like a a, a wildfire going through woods in California, begins in January, uh, ends up uh, with huge numbers of people dying, over 3,000 every day. What's the difference between this virus and other viruses?
2: Well, you know, one, this virus is, it's a pandemic. And so, It has global reach. It's a respiratory virus, so much like flu. And that's part of the problem is that it has very similar uh, side uh, side effects and symptoms that you normally see in individuals who have flu-like illness. A virus, though, can be constituted by anything. You have viruses that range from non-infectious to viruses that are uh, like hepatitis B that only will be transferred via blood products or bodily fluids. This virus in particular, the reason it's so contagious is because of how it's transmitted. And also just how the virus makeup is. It gets into your respiratory tract, it can get in through, you know, mucous membranes such as your eyes. And if it
1: does, then it has the potential to replicate and get you pretty sick pretty quick. It's a pretty virus when you look at uh, the blown up uh, microscopic (coughs) photos of that little critter. Uh, it, it, It is very attractive.
2: Well, I don't know if I would call it attractive. I mean, it, it it's, a, it's a it's a it's a killer by any sense of the imagination. It's it's definitely got you know some unique properties, as most viruses do. I mean, the study of viruses uh, is is not something that's novel. Uh, we've been studying just like with vaccine, like mRNA vaccine. People are, have some level of uncertainty about you know how quickly we came out with the vaccine, but uh, scientists have been studying uh, messenger RNA vaccines for a while. And so it's not necessarily something novel, but uh, vaccines in general uh, do have unique uh, properties. And and, and from that perspective, yeah, you could consider them kind of neat, but you know, without any doubt, it is a killer.
1: You've just joined us, you're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, we're talking with Dr. Steve Ramirez He's the Wellman Medical Director in Austin, Texas, talking about the coronavirus, COVID-19, and flu, because it is indeed time for the flu shot. Uh, And, and, uh, you know, Dr. Ramirez, uh, we're all going to be waiting and get on lists and lines for COVID-19. Should we wait for our flu shot?
2: Absolutely not. Uh, You know, most people don't realize that even before the pandemic, flu would kill people every year. And flu has a, a unique property where it's an antigenic property. And that's a fancy term to say that it, it can change the way it appears very rapidly. And so every year they've got to figure out what they believe is going to be the most consistent virus that will be out there in the community. And so without any reservation, you should get your flu shot. The last thing you want to do is challenge your body or your immune system with the flu virus, and it happened uh, to also get the COVID virus, because COVID by itself has already proven to be deadly, just like you've articulated about how many people are, are dying every day. The last thing you want to do is not protect yourself uh, by getting a, a readily available vaccine, such as the flu uh, vaccine. Well, then so I encourage dying. everybody, do not wait. Get your flu vaccine, uh, talk to your doctor, and get it as soon as possible. There's really no reason to wait. We have it available.
1: And for those who are 65 and over, I know uh, for several years there was a heavy-duty shot uh, for seniors. Are we still doing that?
2: We are, actually. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if I call it the heavy-duty big gun, but it is definitely a, um, it's a different formulation. And uh, it is kind of, you know, pulling out the big guns. And it, it's intended to, to really keep older individuals safe. Um,
1: and they are still doing it. I had that one. Good. That's the one I had, and I wasn't sure what was still going on. Now, the flu shot's every year. That is correct. Every year you need a flu shot. That is
2: correct. Do we correct. know about... Your body has... You have something called immune memory. Your body has this unique ability to, to have... To build a, a, almost like a library or a memory of the different exposures that you've had. So I encourage people, even if you don't think that it's going to be a year where the virus matches the 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 vaccine that they weren't going to marry up, I would still encourage you to get your vaccine because we usually, uh, most of these vaccines uh, are composed of three to four different variants of what's anticipated of being the virus for that particular season.
1: So somebody's rolling the dice and predicting
0: what's
2: going on. Well, I don't think it's rolling the dice. There's some really good science behind this. You know, And you have to understand that it kind of occurs in waves. You know, there's a northern hemisphere approach and a southern hemisphere approach. There's a hemispheric approach. And so there is a lot of really good science behind what the anticipated uh, strain will be. Now, do and, we know? You know? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just saying, flu vaccines have proven year after year to save lives. I mean, so uh, again, all the more reason. It's not necessarily that we're just shooting blindly in the dark and hoping we're hitting something. Uh, flu vaccines are studied very closely on what they're able to cover.
1: Now, what about the coronavirus? Is that going to be a one-time vaccine or will we need to get that annually?
2: Well, you know, right now the current vaccine strategy is that it's a two-shot vaccine. The, the current formulation that uh, out of the two uh, opportunities to get the vaccine through both Pfizer and Moderna, they're two-shot vaccines. Because we are still in very much in the early uh, phase of receiving the vaccine, there will likely studies that go on for years after to determine how long um, antibodies will still remain in the system to uh, protect against it. So I really can't answer today. I think the best thing to do is to continue to look to your, you know, to the CDC for guidance, and you know, and, and of course your clinicians will be as updated as I will. We'll look to our academies and our our boards and people who provide information to us. Um, to tell us, you know, whether we should get another follow-up yearly vaccine. But for now, just getting the first two vaccines is going to be the critical fight in the strategy to to reduce the overall effect of the pandemic that we're experiencing.
1: Now, I know for some who have contracted uh, coronavirus, there are some innovative treatments being used in hospitals. Are are those effective? You know, I, I,
2: I can't speak to a high degree of confidence that i because i don't work in the hospital i don't administer the medications uh R- is one of the uh, medications you probably heard on the news uh, there's some indication that it does provide uh some response but again i i really i don't want to speak out of turn and, and say something that i'm not completely right. up to speed on on where it's currently at but you know i do know that we have Better now, you know, again, just within a period of six to eight months, we have more information now about how we treat patients versus having no idea about, you know, what's the best, you know, method to treat patients before they get on a ventilator to include a, medications that are readily available.
1: That was a big challenge when oh, the disease was first being diagnosed. Stay with me just a minute. I'm, Don't go anywhere. We're going to come right back to you. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Med Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, our. Co-host Dr. Marisa Charles on special assignment today. Our guest, Dr. Steve Ramirez. He's the WellMed Medical Director in Austin. We'll be right back. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its Emotional Support Helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number, and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. Well, thank you so much for listening to WellMed Radio. Dr. Steve Ramirez is with us. He's the WellMed Medical Director in Austin. And we're talking about not only COVID-19, the vaccine and the flu vaccine, but I wanna switch gears for just a moment because uh, as I understand it, just as a layman reading uh, a lot of the material that's out there about uh, the coronavirus and how it affects our respiratory system, uh, it, it can trigger a pneumonia in, in a lot of patients. And Dr. Ramirez, as a senior, I've had two uh, different uh, pneumonia vaccines. Will those protect me as well? Unfortunately, the vaccines that you're receiving
2: for pneumonia do not cover you for this particular uh, uh, coronavirus strain. Uh, if we did, then we'd probably be in a much different world right now if we would already have something readily available. Uh, that still is not a discouragement to get the pneumonia vaccine. Those are critical pieces to help you mitigate any risk that you might have if you were to come in contact with those particular uh, bugs. Um, what I would tell you is pneumonia is actually the virus, the, the, the COVID virus or the coronavirus uh, causes, it's an inflammatory respiratory response. And so having the pneumonia is a likely secondary outcome. And it's, it's common in, I, I don't, honestly don't know of any cases of people that have wound up in respiratory distress without having some evidence of pneumonia. Um, it's an inflammatory response, and uh, so pneumonia almost goes hand-in-hand hand after. It's kind of like, you know, getting, uh, you know, exposed to something in your sinuses and then having a subsequent sinus infection. So right. pneumonia is just the infection uh, kind of outcome as a result of the inflammation uh, resulting from having the COVID virus.
1: How many different types of pneumonia are there?
2: Oh, uh, too numerous for me to mention on this. Uh, if you know that there's, uh, so if you know pneumonia has PCV13 and PCV23, then it tells you there's at least 23 variants that are out there. Wow. So there's more, there's more than I can count on my hands. Um, uh, but that's why, again, it's so important that if you have the ability to get vaccinated, vaccines have proven time over time to be effective in providing safety by having your body create an immune response that will will kind of you know, prepare it, should it come in contact with something that has the potential to cause it to get sick. You
1: know, in, in all of your background and uh, studies, and I'm delighted to see you're going uh, for additional uh, studies in uh, health administration. Uh, when you look at a pandemic, uh, which we haven't had since what, 1918, is it something you thought you'd see in your lifetime?
2: Honestly, yes. Uh, I think if you, if you look historically, it wasn't a matter of if we were going to have a pandemic, it was a matter of when. Um, if you just kind of you know, use historical uh, documentation as guidance, we were due for all intents and purposes um, for what we would have seen you know, historically by other pandemics that have occurred uh, worldwide. And so I'm not horribly surprised. I mean, uh, to be candid, um, it's scary. I never thought I would live through pandemic. It's not something that I was planning for. But again, it didn't necessarily take me off guard that we are seeing one.
1: And for uh, your patients, uh, predominantly uh, Medicare eligible folks, 65 and over, uh, that's a special challenge for uh, your practice, is it not? You know, I think, you know, what's interesting when I talk to the patients that I
2: interact with, it's, there's a lot of, I think it's important to note that there's a lot of disinformation that's out there. And, and individuals that I've spoken with haven't come out and flat out told me that they don't want the vaccine. Most have told me that they're uncertain whether they'll get the vaccine. And usually that's coming from some level of, of being either misinformed or not feeling comfortable with the information that's out there. So I think a critical piece of information i want to convey something that i've been trying to, to communicate to my patients directly and i tell them you know if i were you if you're wearing your face mask to protect yourself or if you're wearing shields on your eyes to protect yourself and you were to come see me in the office and i told you i had a magic coat that could protect 95 percent against covid 19 would you walk out wearing that coat most individuals say well absolutely Right. If I said the only way you could get it was through your bottoms or your feet and I could protect everything else. Would you get it? And they say yes. And I tell them that's what the covid vaccine is. It's impressive. It's 95 percent effective. The two uh, both Moderna and Pfizer are 95 percent effective in preventing you from getting ill from vaccine. And I also told them, I said, you know, if you're paying attention to the news. To give you information about whether you should get the vaccine or not or how quickly it's come out or whether it's safe or not, I tell them. I don't go to my mechanic and ask him what I should do about my toothache. And I don't go to my dentist to ask him what I should do about my muffler that's making noises. So you shouldn't go to the news to try to figure out whether you should get the vaccine or not. The safest thing to do is talk with your doctor. Listen to experts. Listen to people that, that you trust your healthcare with already. And that would be hopefully your primary care doctor. You know, and this primary care doctor is 110% telling my patients, get the vaccine, because if it can protect you at 95% effectiveness, not only am I doing it, my family is going to do it when available.
1: Now, I, I noticed you didn't rule out going to Dr. Google.
2: Well, you know, I've interacted with Dr. Google for quite a few years. And, you know, what I have found is that I can find a research study on anything that would scare me. I could tell you why bananas are bad for you or eating too many tomatoes is bad for you. All I have to do is go to Dr. Google. So I, I tell patients the most important thing, it, it pays to be informed. And I, I'm not trying to discourage people from wanting to learn more about where you would go for your information. But Dr. Google isn't necessarily the right person because most people come into my office with Dr. Google thinking that they have a tumor or some sort of badness that Dr. Google convinced them of. And what I would tell them is go to your healthcare professional. Go to someone you trust. Again, the same reason. I'm not going to go to my mechanic with a toothache. Right. I go to him and say, hey, help me out with my muffler. I go to my dentist for my toothache because I trust my dentist to know what he's doing.
1: And the same with your PCP for the rest Absolutely. of your
2: body. If this is someone that you trust with your health care and your family's health care, then provide them the same level of trust of well, whether you should get the vaccine or not. do not. Don't go to your TV. Don't go to... Google, you know, definitely if you want to read informed information just like I do, go to the CDC's website. Um, The vaccine has been well, you know, a lot of people are worried that it came out too quick, and this is what I would tell you. You had heard that there were other countries that were pushing vaccines. They kind of fast-forwarded and bypassed some of the normal studies that would make it important to know that whether it was safe or not, such as human trials. Here in the United States, we did not do that. What we did is we went through thorough studies, human studies, from individuals aging from 16 on up, and we looked at various classes of individuals, we looked at various races, we looked at all sorts of different parameters, and we did this human trial, and it came out to show that both of these vaccines are extremely effective, and if we're going to ever attempt to get back to some sense of normalcy in curbing uh, the, the, this pandemic, this epidemic that is occurring across the globe, vaccines are going to play a critical role in getting it. And I think something else to say is that even though you get vaccinated, the next question most people have is, do I still have to wear my mask? And the answer for now is yes, because the vaccine doesn't necessarily keep you from having the the virus and transmitting it. It just keeps you from getting ill with it.
1: What does that mean?
2: So, you know, um, you can, let's say I get exposed to the virus and I've been vaccinated. If I get exposed to the virus, my body will go, through a series of immune response to fight off having the virus. That's just like the flu vaccine. The flu vaccine doesn't shield you from getting the flu. If you get it, your body has to go through a immune response. It's going to look in the library and say, oh, I know what virus this is, and it's going to start all the normal cell responses that would say, we need to fight this thing off so it doesn't make us really sick. It doesn't mitigate me having the infection. So if I think I'm free and clear, even though I'm not symptomatic, my body's going through the normal immune response. Now that it has immune memory, I can still carry the virus and give it to my daughter or give it to one of my children or give it to my wife. And so the just getting the vaccine, while it may, while it has a high degree of effectiveness in protecting you, doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have and can transmit the virus. So I think wearing masks is going to still be an important part of curbing this pandemic for a while.
1: Now, without going too deep into the weeds, what is it that our antibodies do to that virus? Does it kill it? Or does it make it unable uh, uh, to hook into our own cells?
2: So the way the mRNA vaccine works, it's, it actually creates a protein that, that blocks a certain, viruses, the way they work is they'll, the germ enters into your body and it starts to replicate. And it replicates and it replicates and it replicates. And that's actually what gives you a lot of the symptoms that you get. And that's why you get a lot of inflammation and body aches and fever and things like that. The messenger, RR, the messenger RNA vaccine, it, it convinces your body. It says, this is what COVID-19 looks like. Here's a small little bit. It's not the active virus. And when it comes around, I want you to recognize that this is the virus. And so you have cells in your body, T cells and other inflammatory uh, mediators, which fight off, help you fight off infection. Well, they already know. They already kind of know who the bad guy is, and they see him coming, and when they have contact with him, they can say, okay, we're ready for this guy because we've already had some level of understanding of what this, this virus looks like. And so that's really how your body kind of fights this off, is that we introduce something into your system. This, this, this uh, vaccine introduces a protein and prepares uh, your body to be able to recognize the true native virus and be effective in fighting that off.
1: Got about a minute left. It does, that answers it. have about a minute left. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you wanna throw in in the uh, remaining seconds?
2: You know, I think it's just important that, you know, we understand, you know, WellMed's out there. um, We're seeing patients every day. Um, Please talk to your primary care provider if you have any questions or you have concerns about the vaccine. Uh, other than that, you know, I, I hope everybody stays safe and
1: please get vaccinated as soon as possible. I want to thank you, Dr. Ramirez. It's been great talking with you. Steve Ramirez, Absolutely. WellMed Medical Director in Austin. We'll do it again. Thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Happy New Year to you. Take care. Happy New Year to you. On behalf of our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, who is on a special assignment today, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us today on WellMed Radio and a Happy New Year to all of our listeners.
0: Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.